Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. With Jeremy Rutherford filling in for Alex Ferrario, I'm Brandon Kylie. It is the BK and Ferrario show here on 101 ESPN. Right now, let's go out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. EJ Raddick is a senior reporter for the NHL Network. You can check him out on NHL Now weekdays at 3 o'clock. Joining us here on the show. EJ, thanks so much for the time, man. How you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How you guys doing? Everything okay? Real good, EJ. Hey, uh, BK here, my partner is going to do the pre and post for the Blues. You got any advice for him? <laughs> just stay calm and keep rolling along. You'll be fine. That's kind of the goal is just to make sure that I don't screw things up too much while my partner is out of town or out of town while my partner is having a baby, which is kind of similar to being out of town in terms of vacation, but a little different in terms of the stress levels. EJ, I wanted to a little, ask a little different, a little different. <laughs> just, just a little bit. Uh, EJ, I wanted to ask you about something we've been talking so much about here locally, which is the moment that Jordan Bennington had on Saturday night, leaving the game, exiting with, I guess we'll call it just some antics as he was leaving the ice. What's been the national reaction to what Jordan Bennington did on Saturday night? Because I would imagine it, it might differ a little bit from what it's been locally. Well, I don't think I haven't heard anybody really have too many problems with it. A lot of people thought it was entertaining and uh, it was, uh, you know, I mean, it's just raw emotion in the moment. And I don't I don't have a problem with that. I mean, athletic competition is uh, it's supposed to be full of emotion. And, uh, you know, Jordan, uh, he wasn't happy and he let a few people know it. And, you know, I would only say that when you, you know, when you get into that, uh, when you get in people's faces, you know, you have to worry about somebody getting back in yours at some point. So other than that, I mean, I didn't have a big problem with it. And I didn't think, like I said, most of the people that I've heard at the national level on different, you know, on our show and also on different interviews, I haven't heard one person say they had a big problem with it. So I guess most people just found it entertaining and a different part of sports that maybe we don't see as much anymore. EJ, you have to evaluate players and plays on a nightly basis. How do you evaluate the fake forearm shiver to Carlson? That was right out of WWE. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess the good news is he didn't hit him. So, I mean, <laughs> but, uh, you know, like, like I said, I mean, you know, he was revved up and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe trying to fire up his team a little bit, not happy with the way things were going in that particular game. It was kind of a crazy game. Uh, both teams had an opportunity. They scored 13 goals combined. They probably had chances to score another eight or nine. I mean, the way the game was going, there was all kinds of crazy bounces and kind of wild opportunities in that game. But, uh, you know, like I said, at least he didn't hit them. And, uh, you know, I was uh, I was disappointed that Bennington and uh, and Dubnik didn't just throw it out. I mean, they were, they were right there. Nobody was there. There would have been a good opportunity to see that one. But... Uh, didn't happen and you know we move on from there and i'm sure you know 
the, the, I'm sure the guys in the, in the St. Louis locker room, they're getting a good laugh out of the whole thing. Yeah, if they would have, a la Day and Joseph, we'd still be talking about it 30 years later. You're right, it's a shame <laughs> that didn't happen. Hey, but EJ, the uh, the Blues get another win last night in Anaheim, uh, two for two on this road trip. Uh, but the big story here in St. Louis is that sometime on, on, the, on this road trip, so four more games remaining, we're hoping to see Vladimir Tarasenko. Craig Berube said he expects to play on the road trip. You know the story. Three sh- surgeries on that left shoulder in the last 28 months. What can the Blues expect from Vladimir Tarasenko coming back, do you think? Boy, that's a great question, Jeremy, because, uh, you know, that's a lot of work on a shoulder. And, you know, it just takes time. I mean, I'm sure that the Blues are being very careful with Tarasenko. I'm sure Tarasenko is being very careful with Tarasenko because as uh, you know, as you know, they've gone down this path before and they've had more problems. And, you know, I think uh, you've got an error on the side of extreme caution, but he seems to be close to playing. And, uh, you know, I'll be just curious to see where he's at because he just has not played a lot in these last uh, several months. And uh, shoulder injuries are difficult to come back from because, you know, I remember talking to Yaramir Yager years and years ago when he was a member of the Rangers and he was coming back from the shoulder surgery and he had been playing, but he just wasn't comfortable with his game. And he just talked about the fact that he just couldn't, he was, he didn't feel strong enough in that shoulder for several months afterwards. It took, even when he started playing again, it took a while for him to feel comfortable. So I'll be curious to see when Tarasenko gets in the lineup and how he looks. And, you know, I think you have to temper expectations. I can't imagine you think that, hey, he's going to come back in and be, you know, a 40-goal scorer, that, score at that rate at least early on. you got to hope that he can come back and be healthy and then hopefully stay healthy and then kind of rediscover his game as he goes. We're talking to EJ Raddick, senior reporter for NHL Network here on 101 ESPN. EJ, I'm curious, what is what is your perspective of this Blues team thus far? I mean, we we talk so much about the injuries, but from a national perspective of what they've been able to accomplish so far in this West Division, what have you seen from them? What's your perspective? Well, I mean, they're finding ways to win in games, and I guess a great example was that 7-6 game against San Jose. I mean, they're just finding ways to, to compete and win with a lot of injuries and with a little bit of a different group. I mean, Petrangelo is, is out of the mix, left as a free agent, as you guys well know. Uh, you know, it just changes. It cha- has changed the dynamic of their blue line. And not that it's dramatically worse. It's just different with the addition of a Tory Krug, who's a different type of player than, uh, you know, than Petrangelo is. So uh, when you think about all the injuries that they've had and, uh, you know, the fact that they're in a pretty – competitive division there. I mean, they've just found ways to win, particularly on the road, that has been really helpful for them so far. They're in a stretch of games, I guess, where they're going to be on the road quite a bit. I think it's something like 11 of 13. You guys would know better than that, better than me. But, the, uh, you know, my, my perception is that this is just a really competitive group that has a really has a next-man-up mentality. And they've got to, you know, you would you'd have to hope they can get these guys back later in the season and towards the playoffs if they can. I know it seems like Gunnarsson is done for the year, apparently, but, uh, you know, to try to get as many of these guys back as they can because, uh, you know, it's difficult to have those kind of injuries. I mean, a guy like Pareko is so valuable to their team, and, you know, it doesn't seem like it's 
a long-term issue right now, but you just have to hope that it isn't. And you'd like to get like the Michael Thomases, or excuse me, Robert Thomases, and some of these other guys back in the lineup moving forward. Yeah, eight and two on the road, uh, EJ. Wanted to ask you about how the division, this uh, West Division, is shaping up. Everybody expected Vegas, Colorado, and St. Louis to be somewhere near the top. Uh, the Wild had to pause their season because of COVID. EJ, the Blues are going to play, uh, of their last 20 games in the regular season, they're going to play 17 against those teams, Colorado, Vegas, and Minnesota. I wanted to ask you specifically about the Wild. 6-1-1 one, and one since coming back from quarantine. Blues fans have not seen them yet. What's led to their success here lately, and should they be taken seriously? Yeah, I, I think you got to take them seriously. Um, you know, I think uh, the arrival of... Uh, Kaprizov has been a big plus for them. I mean, you got to remember, he was drafted like two or three general managers ago. I guess it was <laughs> Chuck Fletcher drafted him and, uh, you know, his scouting staff. And here we are years later, and he's finally arrived in Minnesota. And, uh, you know, he has been as advertised, and he has been on a line alongside of Matt Zuccarello, who's recently returned from injury. And you have two really clever players, and they found a they found a quick chemistry with one another. And then Victor Rask, who was kind of, left for dead as someone on their roster that they didn't think was going to be someone that could really help them. And he's kind of come in and been in between those two players. And now they've got, you know, with that line going and they've got the, you know, Parisi and young Greenway and some other players there, they're getting, they're getting scoring depth, which is important. Their five on five play has been very good. That's been the key because their power play has yet to really figure it out. So, uh, you know, that's been important for them. Their defense has always been like a pretty steady group. Ryan Suter's playing less minutes this year. I think that's a good thing for everybody involved because he's just an older player now, and I don't think you want to wear him down playing him 27, 28 minutes a night anymore. He's playing more like 22. And in goal, they brought in Cam Talbot. I don't love the contract for Talbot, but he's played well when he's been in there so far. And then the kid that I think is their future, uh, Kockanen, is – the kid that was at Iowa last year and my former colleague at the NHL Network, Alex Tange, who's now an assistant coach there in uh, in Iowa, said really glowing things about Cockinen's play last year, and he's got an opportunity to come up and play, and he's done pretty well. So, you know, Minnesota, to me, is still a little bit thin through the middle when I look at their center depth, but uh, they've been finding ways to play well five-on-five, five, and, uh, you know, I think they've, you know, they're they're – they're kind of a dangerous team right now. So I think for St. Louis, when you mention that schedule down the stretch, I mean, it's going to be critical for them to try to get healthy and then be playing well at that time because, you know, there are some other teams in that division. You know, L.A. has played better than we thought. Uh, Arizona has its moments when it's up and down and, and can be pretty good. I mean, St. Louis needs to find a way to create a little running room for themselves because you got to figure Vegas and Colorado are going to be in the mix, too. So uh, the West is kind of playing out a little bit differently than we suspected because some of these other teams are a little bit further along, like Minnesota, like L.A., and, you know, uh, we'll even see what happens with San Jose and, and Anaheim as we go. Last question for me for EJ Raddick of NHL Network here on 101 ESPN. EJ, I wanted to ask you about the trade deadline because we're about six weeks away now from that deadline do you think that this is going to be an active deadline? Because I was reading from Pierre Lebron last night. He seems to think that it might be a little bit more dormant. How do you view this, given the flat cap and the quarantine period, if you cross over the border? How much do you think this is going to play into the activity at the trade deadline? 
Well, it's, it's got to play into it, right? Because money is uh, is really tight right now around the league. So it's got to be dollars in, dollars out pretty much, you know, when you're talking about trades for a lot of teams, even teams that aren't, uh, you know, up the line in the standings. They have some cap challenges because of the flat cap. And, you know, and again, you think about making trades with teams between the North Division, the Canadian group, and teams in, in the United States. I mean, there are issues to be concerned with there. So there are some things, as you point out, that, that will impact or could impact the trade deadline. I think there'll be some movement, but I think it's going to be hard. It's hard for me to say that there'll be as much movement as normal just because of those things. I mean, that's the reality of the circumstances we're in right now. So I think there'll be teams that will really want to be doing things because they they might view this as kind of a wide-open year but uh, I do think a lot of the general managers will be – their hands will be tied by, by the cap and, and by those other considerations. I don't know if, you, if you're going to be that excited about making a trade with a Canadian team on either side of the border where you may not get a player for, for a couple of weeks. I mean, that's not an ideal situation either. He's EJ Raddick. Check out, check him out on NHL Now weekdays at three o'clock over on NHL Network. EJ, always appreciate the time, man. All the best to you and yours, and we'll talk with you again soon. All right, you got it. Good luck with that pre and post. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. That's EJ Raddick joining us here on 101 ESPN.